Fire, fury, power. My name is Legend. Welcome to Fuel Your Drive. Welcome to Fuel Your Drive. I'm your host, Josh York. And guys, we have an incredible episode today with someone who's got a great head of hair. And you know I like to compliment a great head of hair. But um, you know, today's guest, entrepreneur, investor, runs also a very incredible podcast. Um, you know, he has done some magical things in the business world and franchise world uh, that I want him to talk about. I am very excited to have him on the show today. His mission is really focused around helping also others build their fortune through franchising. Obviously, you know, I'm in franchising. I love having other franchise friends on the show. Guys, please welcome Brian Beers. Brian, welcome so much to the Future Drive show. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for having me, Josh. Excited Absolutely. to be here. So listen, let's get into it. Let's, you know, my, my listeners, I, I'm all about value, value, value. You know, so t- you know, tell them a little bit about your background, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm uh, 36 years old. Yeah, you know, I'm in the, the Philly suburbs, uh, not not too far from you, over up uh, up in New York there. And we've got. Um, so I run a pretty big business now. We own 33 automotive repair shops uh, in the franchise space. You know, my brother and I have scaled it from just a, just a handful um, to to what we got today. Two hundred employees. We'll do. I mean, our, our goal this year in twenty four is to do over fifty million in revenue. Um, you know, we kind of built this thing, uh, you know, from 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 the ground up. And uh, and yeah. So since then, I've I've you know, I bought other franchises. Didn't work out as much. I can I can talk about that. And um, and then now we we just got into the painting business, doing houses. We bought a, a pretty big development deal for all of Philly. And, uh, you know, just launch that business. We think we can make that pretty big as well. And yeah, I've got the podcast. I help people buy franchises. I help them grow them. Uh, you know, I believe you can make a lot of money through franchising and, uh, you know, that's what I'm all about. That's great. So, so let's, let's, let's get right into, you know, what, what do you think is the key to making, you know, the success you've had possible with 33 locations? Like how, how does one do that? Right. You know, like, you know, obviously I know how you do it, but I want to like walk through like, so we can literally do from like, you know, from step one all the way to whatever step it takes. How does one start, right? So yeah. obviously, you know, just so you guys know, you know, Brian has many connections in the franchise industry and he can be very, very helpful in helping you and guiding you to find the right, a right franchise for yourself. But how were you able to do it? What made you go that direction? Let's walk through that process. Yeah. So, I mean, for, for us in, in that business, it was, it was actually a family business. My dad had started uh, in the seventies, grew up from, you know, one, one location to six and did that for 30 years. You know, I joined after college in 2010 and, you know, they weren't doing that well, to be honest, they were looking to sell, get out, you know, just kind of like ty- tired of the grind. Um, so I come in and, you know, I'm full of energy and say, Hey, I want to learn. And, you know, the best part about being in a franchise is, is the community that exists between franchisees. Uh, so I tr- traveled the country. I learned the best practices and we started to p- put things into place and we started having success. Right. Uh, did that for, for, for years, to be honest. And then, um, you know, came to the point that, you know, I want to make more money. And so we had an opportunity to go and, you know, buy some more locations kind of, you know, on my own, you know, when my brother had joined. And, um, so we did that and we started snowballing it. And I think, you know, one of the biggest lessons or, or tr- things that people s- struggle with is you got to replace yourself. You know, I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in this, this, this mindset. They, they do everything themselves, right? You wear a lot of hats in the beginning as an owner, you know, you're, you're, you're the finance department, you're HR, you know, you're uh, sales, you're, you're hiring your customer service, you do everything. And then, but over time, then you can't really focus on growth when you're, when you're stuck in the grind every day. And so 
for me, it was very important to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get it to the point, And then I'm going to find somebody who can do it like 80% as good as I can do it. You know, I don't need a hundred, just, just 80% who then frees up my time. So then I can focus on the next thing. And I've done that at every stage from when I was like the district manager overseeing the six locations to, you know, I became the COO. I had four district managers replaced, you know, reporting to me to, I hired a COO who then replaced me. And now I focus on, you know, now these other ventures and, and continued growth. And I think the quicker you can replace yourself and, you know, with, with a solid person who, who does a great job, you know, the, the, the quicker you can grow. I love that. How, how does one do, do that, right? Like how does one go about finding that right person to replace themselves? How do they, how do they know they're making a the right move? Cause obviously as you and by you and I both very know, it's very hard to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm big on looking at identifying the core values that I, that I look for in somebody. And, and for me, it's like, it's my core values, right? So I want to, you can't change them. That's who they are. And for us, I want somebody who's driven. Uh, so like they wake it like, like you, you know, you're extremely driven. You wake up, right. You run through a wall. You know, I want someone like with that, that I don't have to motivate, but they, they, they want to win for themselves and will do whatever it takes. I want somebody who's highly accountable. So they do the things that they say they're going to do, right? Cause if, if they're going to be my partner and I'm going to trust them to, to go and do something, you know, I need to see that. Uh, I want to see somebody who's a team player and that like, you know, this is a team sport and, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta build the business together and they don't have an ego and it's not just about them. Uh, and then somebody who's just positive and they're, they're fun to be around. And, you know, I, I look for core values and if I believe like, Hey, this person's got it. Like I can, I can teach them the, the automotive stuff or the, you know, how do you hire a mechanic or what do you look for? Right. They don't need to fix the cars. They just need to be able to, you know, uh, test for skill sets. Right. And so I look for core values, you know, I bring them in I, I, and then you start to give them tasks, right? You start to see what they can handle, you know, and if they start to accelerate and then they're bringing you ideas, like you, you probably have a good find. And if not, and you're like, yeah, hey, this person's not really good. Like you're kind of okay. Cause you haven't, you know, you just kind of got your toe in the water with them. Um, and so that's like, that would be the first step I look for is identify the core values you're looking for. And then, you know, do your best you can just to, to vet that person, you know, for the core values. Love it. I love it. Now, now do you, are you finding this person online through hiring platform or recruiter? Like, you know, obviously many different levels of individuals are listening to this, right? So you have people in the yeah. early stages that don't have the funds, people in the middle and people who are well-established. So, you know, how, how would, how would one who's starting out do it and how did you do it? Yeah. I, I would look for someone internal first, right? If I was starting out, I'd be, you know, I would be build my team. I'd be hiring more for uh, that, that skit, that personality and yeah. that, that, uh, the belief that that this person could grow into a bigger role and, and hiring people, honestly, who want a bigger role, like people who aren't satisfied with what, you know, just the status quo, but they want more. You know, one of the things I tell people is the bigger my world gets, the more opportunities that get created, like in my world. And even the guy running, like we launched this painting company, this guy's, you know, running the whole thing for me. And he's got, you know, tremendous upside through, a pro, you know, profit sharing plan you know, he started for me as a store manager, like running one of my stores seven years ago. And, you know, from there, he he showed the drive, he showed the accountability. Eventually he worked his way up to being like a district manager in that business. And then when we had this opportunity, you know, he, he kind of got promoted into this next role. And so internally, the people you work with every day is is the best way to start. Uh, and then, you know, over time, you know, you start can bring in people from the outside world. Yeah, we get people through referrals, we get them through Indeed. Um, I've had a tr tremendous success hiring leaders through, uh, uh, through military organizations. So guys right out of the military who are in leadership roles there, uh, do very well in the franchise world as well. Love that. Love that. Love that.
So now you're getting into a new business. You said this painting business. What made you go that direction? What made you, you know, choose painting? Yeah. So, I mean, I wasn't necessarily looking for painting specifically. We were more looking for, Hey, can I find a business that matches kind of my skills, you know, my goals and, and, and something that I could, I think I could do really well here in our market. And so, uh, you know, we, we, I, I talked to a lot of franchisors yet. Right. And I, I look at a lot of different things. And for me, like my checklist, I think it's really important to have a checklist of like, what are you looking for? For me, I wanted something that was B to C, like like consumer, like not B to B. I'm not B to Bs are relationship based. It's like not my skill set. You know, I'm really good at the the mass market stuff, right? Auto, automotive repair, painting, like mass market, billion dollar industries. I wanted something that was that was heavy sales driven, where our guys could go out every single day and and make a difference. And we're not just like sitting back, you know, passively waiting for things to happen. Um, I wanted something that was very asset light. Uh, in the Midas business, we have tr a, a ton of assets where a ton of money is spent on CapEx and equipment and, and all this stuff. And as a yin yang, like I said, Hey, I want something that's like very asset light. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to own all of Philadelphia. Um, and so I had that opportunity with this and I wanted something that didn't have much of a real estate, uh, bottleneck in, in the Midas business, you know, real estate's a huge part of it. You know, we're retail automotive, but even now, like I'm at a bottleneck where I want to grow, but like I I can't find enough stores that that make sense from a real estate perspective, uh, and so I wanted something that was mobile that or or had like a warehouse or whatever, but 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 didn't have real estate as a bottleneck. And so I found I found this painting company. I love the guys. I love what they're all about. We just happen to be painting houses, but it's a sales and marketing company. Got it. I love it. I love it. So now, let's say someone wants to get in the business, right? You and I both know it always works out. As long right. as you're in and whatever it takes, like you got to be willing to do whatever it takes. Right. But, you know, I believe, I really believe like if you had no money, you could figure out how to find money and make it happen. Like the person who's listening to this right now is like, man, I want to be successful. Like Brian, how do I do that? Or, you know, where would someone, where would you recommend someone to start? Right. Let's say they literally, they're working a part-time, uh, excuse me, full-time job right now at minimum wage. They, they know that they're worth more. They know that they want more. Where does that person start? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is to believe in yourself, right? I think the the, the thing that Bingo. holds all of us back is self-limiting beliefs that think that I'm not good enough or I don't have the skills or I don't have the experience or I don't have this, I don't have that. I think if you can't get over that, you will never be successful. Like you have to believe in yourself and that, hey, I I can bring more to the table and then, then it's just putting, you know, if, if you're in that role, I think it's getting in a position that allows you to, to take on more responsibility. So, you know, maybe, you know, if you're working at a fast food joint minimum wage, maybe it's like, you know, there's a franchise owner, hopefully. And it's like getting to the point to show them, Hey, you know, you, you can manage people, you can take on more responsibility. Like you can step up, you're reliable. Like, cause that's not, that's not like super common these days. Right. Uh, and so just some of the basic stuff, just showing up and, and doing a great job, you'll get attention. And continuing to to educate yourself and want to learn more, like even the people in my world, uh, if they're coming to me wanting to learn how to, you know about real estate or they want to learn about self development stuff, they want to be better at sales, they want to be better at this. Like to me, that's like that's gold. That means like they're coachable. Like I, I I can give them stuff, and if they pick it up, like I'll continue to give them stuff. Right. Um, anyway, so that's what I would look for: believe in yourself, and then you know, tr try to get in with the decision makers and, and that'll help you kind of take a more responsibility and learn more. Love it. Love it. Spot on. Very true. If you don't believe in yourself, you're not going anywhere. Belief is really the most important thing. And it's, it's how much belief you have when things do get tough, because they're going to get very tough 
And yep. that's not going to be the first time. It's not going to be the last time. So it's about sticking with it and staying, you know, staying, staying true to the belief you have in yourself. So, so Brian, you know, I hear this all the time, right? Every, everyone thinks like you just buy into a franchise. And I know you said you had someone didn't work, right? Yeah. Everyone thinks they can become multimillionaires buying into a franchise. What are your thoughts around that? And what happened with those businesses that didn't work? Right. And, and, and just, and, and again, guys, I want you to listen to Brian here because, you know, not everything is always going to be a hero. Sometimes things are not going to be great. Sometimes things are not going to work, but you don't see Brian sitting here with a little tissue crying. You see him taking action. As you know, you have to take action. If you want to win, you got to take action. And Brian is obviously extremely successful. And I got to compliment that good head of hair again. So <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube right now, yep. are you getting this in a screenshot in one of these, uh, reels on instagram come on man the guy's got if i had hair like that brian i'd be like literally yeah, I'd be, I'd be using product every day pal that's right yeah um but uh let's walk through that a little bit I yeah think yeah so i think you know number one yeah i the, the first one we had it was so we're an automotive repair this was an automotive parts business right so we thought hey we know the business like we'll touch this thing it'll be gold we buy you know we buy millions of parts how, how hard could it be and what we learned was like it was a completely different business right it was it was b2b it was relationship it was like you know, you going in there and like being the guy and being the face. And like, for me, like that's like for the guys who were owner operators and, and they were the face of the business, it did very well, you know, but that's not how I was going to operate. I was going to operate it through employees and, you know, there's turnover and, and nobody cares as much as the owner. Right. And so for that, it was like me not really realizing what it took to be successful and in, in part, probably ego of thinking, Hey, I can just, you know, everything I touch just turns to gold, which wasn't the case. And so that was like the first part of it. The second part of that problem, like learning, right, is like a unit economics. You got to have pretty good margins. And in that business, you know, gross margin was like 45%. We were selling parts. Then you've got royalties. Then you've got drivers. Then you've got like fees and refunds and discounts. And at the end of the day, we were making such little money that you had to do massive volume to make any money. And we like, we just couldn't do the volume. And so like you start to, you want to really learn like these different business models and really like what it takes to be successful. And it's, it's way easier to, to have success in a model that has, has healthy margins than one that has like very low margins. And then you have this huge expectation of, of all the sales you got to drive, especially when you're like starting out, uh, which I think is awesome about your, you know, your business model with gym guys, like there's no, there's no products, right? It's, it's all labor. Uh, it's probably more dynamic, right? High variable cost, but you know, you know, probably easier to make money than ones where you've got like a warehouse and you've got inventory and you've got to turn it and order more and like, it created all these cash flow problems. Um, and so like the simplicity of the business, I think matters a lot, especially when you're just starting out. Like this was a very complicated business, lots of moving parts and inventory and drivers and logistics versus, you know, a simpler business, even in the painting side of it. Now that even we're more experienced, like I'd rather have a simpler business that I think, I think I could execute really well than a complicated business that I wasn't fully focused on. And for me, like I was that semi-absentee owner uh, and, you know, listen, I just didn't have, I just didn't have the team to do it. And we just, we just weren't cut out for it. Yeah. So and, and you make a very good point there. Like I always say, you know, unless you have the team behind you or you have someone coming in who's got skin in the game, you cannot expect a full-time result with a part-time effort. You have to make sure yep. you go all in or, you know, you have to make sure you're going in with somebody who's going to be able to, you know, at least between the both of you, wherever that may be, split those efforts because it, it, the, the, the time is needed. And the hours must be put in if you want to be successful. Yeah, um, I always say that like someone's got to do the work, 
You know what I mean? Whether it's you or your partner, like someone's got to do the work. And I think there's just definitely this misconception that, oh, like a franchise is an investment and that you just like put the money in and then it's just like, it's just like, it's this thing. It just prints it. Uh, And if that's the case, like, you know, franchises wouldn't even exist. Like these are people driven things. You need local owners. You need hiring people. Someone's got to drive it. And, you know, someone's got to do the work. So it's you or you've got a, a really good partner, a really good team, and you've got synergies together that, that make it happen. Yeah. You know, um, I've been getting a lot of questions on this. So I think it'd be something cool to talk about, but when you have to talk to another team member, obviously you have experience under your belt, but I'd say in the early days, was it very uncomfortable for you? Like when you'd have to have that, that tough conversation yeah. and yep. of course, yeah, I mean, yeah. how, and it's get, like... how, how do you get through that? What makes you just do it? Right. And, and also Brian, what makes you do it with, with, the amount of confidence that's needed where they're not feeling some of that, that, that fear or some of that negativity of, you know, I don't really want to have this conversation because obviously you got to, you know, to, to get good, you got to continue to perfect your craft, but like walk us through that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, listen, I think one of the things to know is that there's this like rule, I think it's called the 36 hours of pain. And it's like, you know, you got to make this decision. And like, you, there's like, there's like 36 hours, there's about 30 hours of pain of you thinking about the conversation and the reaction and this and that, and like, you don't want to do it. And it's like this painful event. And then, you know, you have the conversation and then you might feel bad for about six hours later. So you have 36 total, but then it's, it's done. It's like you rip the bandaid off and like, you've got this big sense of relief off your back. Like you've got, you know, someone who's cancerous, maybe out, or maybe you just like, you got the wrong person in the wrong seat. And like, they're not happy because and they're not excelling because, you know, they're just, they're not in a role that that's meant for them. And I think that like, A, like recognizing that, that, hey, I, I got to make this tough decision. I got to like let this person go or demote them or whatever. And, and you know, acknowledging, hey, I understand there's going to be 36 hours and then it's going to get all better, right? And then we are going to accelerate. And I think, you know, the more you do it, the better you, you know, kind of the better you get. And also like, and you see the results. Like we've had situations where, you know, we've let people go or we've made changes and like immediately the business doubles and it's, it's so impactful because, and then everybody else was like, man, I'm so glad like you made that decision. Like, you know, and it's like now everybody else around you is thanking you because, because you just had the wrong person in the wrong seat. Um, and yeah, it's tough. You know, you, you know, you feel bad people, you know, it's their livelihood and, and all this stuff, but like, you know, we're, we're a business and that one person, like in, in our case, they're like, you know, store managers or whatever is affecting the income of, of all the other you know, technicians were affecting our, our customers and like, uh, there's a much bigger, you know, thing at play. And as, as the, the owner, like you got to look out for everybody, not, not just, not just one person. Yeah, sometimes, you know, the, the most, the decisions that you're most scared of, or you think that you can't do, or you don't want to do when that door closes, the next door is 99.99%, the best door it's going to ever open. And you just got to, understand that this two shot pass that applies to everything. Right. And, uh, you know, every time I, I too go through a challenging moment, Brian, I always tell myself, you know, take a deep breath, this two yeah. shot pass. I try not to react. Right. You, you know, you never should react right away. You should give some time. I guarantee you give yourself 72 hours. You're going to feel very differently than you did, you know, during the, uh, you know, the instance of whatever happened at that, at that point. So yeah. Brian, I like to keep my episodes tight. Got a lot of good nuggets in here. You know, before we kind of wrap up, I always like to finish off with a question. What What is something that, you know, I should have asked that you would have liked to answer? And then let's answer that question. Um, I would think, 
I mean, I don't know. I talk about a lot of stuff. I talk about, you know, funding, financing these things, right? I think is is a huge question of, you know, how do you manage debt? Do you manage debt? Do you pay in cash? I think there's a huge question around that. Um, get into it. I think, you know, okay. So here in the franchise world, at least from my experience, franchisees want to sell to other franchisees, right? Even in your world, I'm, I'm sure, you know, one neighbor franchisee wants out. The, the easiest person to sell to is, is his neighbor, right? right. Um, and so- you know, and then at least in, in, in my experience, uh, a lot of times you can, you can leverage seller financing where the person getting out, you know, is, is willing to kind of hold the note, become the bank. Uh, and so the person buying it kind of has this, you know, it, it creates these win-win scenarios where you, you don't have to deal with an outside bank. You, you can take over, you know, you can expand your business, buy a new territory, buy a new location, create some win-win. Um, and so we, we've utilized finance, seller financing for a lot of the deals that we've done. Uh, I'm like, six people's retirement plans right now. And they trust me more than like taking that money and putting in the stock market or whatever. And I don't know, it's, it's a, it feels good to, to be in that position, but then, you know, it's allowed us to, to structure very creative financing deals with, you know, I mean, I, I did a deal that we bought this thing for $2 million and we put $50,000 out of pocket and, you know, made a, a lot of money in the next year. Like the returns on these things are crazy. And for that person, they were super happy by getting a, you know, they get a 12,000 a month or whatever we pay them. And so like in the franchising world, once you create relationships, there are some really powerful creative financing things you can do um, that create some win-wins and allow someone to grow and and get, once again, get me in the right seat and get maybe that person who wants out in, into the next phase of their life. Well, why don't you share what's the most creative you've seen done so far? Uh, I mean, that was a good, that was a good, that was a good one. My was two, good. 2 million guy wanted 50 grand down. Um, you know, we made, I don't know, 500 grand, uh, the next year on that, on that 50,000, um, where else can you get a return like that? And yeah. so that's been, that's been really good. We've done ones where like, you know, the guy wanted his money in five years, but you know, so we did like a, you know, we structured it as like a 10 year amortization for payments, but like with a five-year balloon. And then, you know, at the five years, he gets an op, whether we keep paying him or, you know, whether we pay him off. We've done deals where like it was a low performing location and like, I didn't really want to pay that much, but if we hit a certain sales target within a certain time period, I, I would pay another 10 grand or whatever it was. And, you know, we actually did hit that. And I, on the last day of the month, so I, of course, or years so I had to pay him, which wasn't great, but um, yeah. anyhow, so there's things like that. You could structure it any way you want. Like I'm looking at a deal now, the guy does like, it's like a really high volume shop. It would be like my third or fourth if, if we were to buy it. But he's a single, he's a single unit operator, right? He's the owner operator. I'm afraid I go in there, sales drop because I'm not the owner, right? Uh, and it's always different when the owner's there. And so I'm working on a, I'm working on a structure now that says, well, what if we pay him based on, you know, kind of like a contingency or it's an earnout that hey, if we can maintain the level, I'll 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 pay. But you know, if this thing drops, uh, you know, we're not going to pay as much, or we just spread out our payments longer. Um, but anything you can think of, you know, in an owner finance deal, you know, as long as you have good, good attorneys, they, they can structure this, them. So it, it works out. I love it. So pretty much you're saying anything is possible. Yep. As long as both parties see it and believe it and, and want to get it done. Yeah, for sure. Which you yeah. don't have that flexibility of the bank, you know, the banks, here's our cookie cutter terms and it, it is what it is, you know, the seller finance deal, you know, it's just two parties agreeing on it. So. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Well, listen, Brian, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about, you know, understanding how to get into franchise? Like let everybody know where's where the best place to go. On your yeah, so if they listen, if they listen to podcasts, you know, I have a podcast called Business with Beers. You know, I talk to franchisees, franchisors, 
solo episodes. We talk about simplifying business, scaling businesses. So that'd be the best place from podcast perspective. I'm on Twitter a lot uh, at Brian Beers. Uh, I talk about all that stuff there and I'm, I'm working on building more in LinkedIn as well. So those are probably the three best platforms at this point. That's incredible. Guys, check Brian out. Make sure you follow him. Listen to his podcast. He's incredible, super smart. And uh, I'm sure, you know, if you have any questions, you can reach out to him. He's a great guy. He'll be more than happy to help you. And if you're looking for a franchise, also reach out to him. But Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, until next time, remember, make sure you subscribe. Fuel your drive. Fire, fury, power. My name is Legend.